0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here. I believe God is going to have His Word ready for you to receive today. And we know that it's that living Word of God that produces faith in our heart, that produces strength, and that allows us to go into our Canaan land to possess the promises that rightfully belong to us. Praise God. So happy that you're here today. You know, when I grew up in church, we would sing songs where in our songs we would attribute Canaan land to being like a type of heaven. Uh, In other words, there was one song. We sang it pretty often in the church. It went, it went something like this. To Canaan's land. I'm on my way where the soul of man never dies. And then it, it kind of goes on to that, you know, that bright, eternal, immortal day where the soul of man never dies. And in other words, it's like Canaan land was always referred to as a type of heaven. But that's not biblically correct. When you look at the Old Testament and you see the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and uh, going through the Red Sea. That is a type of salvation experience, going through the Red Sea, a type of water baptism. And then when you see later on the children of Israel there at Mount Sinai receiving the law, which was on the day of Pentecost, that represents the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so, when you see later the Israelites going into the land of Canaan, crossing over the Jordan River, well, crossing over the Jordan River represents Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, stepping into the power of the crucified life, and thus going into the promised land here on earth. Canaan land, it's impossible for Canaan to be a symbol of Heaven, because the moment the Israelites went into Canaan land, at, in other words, after they crossed the Jordan River now they 've been circumcised, circumcision relating to Gal- Galatians 220 at you know a close walk with God, a heart for God, uh, bye bye to the world, and just sold out for God. well, the moment they 're in Canaan land it 's time for a battle. There's giants there, there's the Amalekites, the Hittites, the and all, all the ites are there just waiting for them, uh, the Philistines, and so it's really a place of warfare. But, you know, they were empowered to go into there, uh, into Canaan land and possess it. But there's no way that Canaan land can be a type of heaven. But uh, we grew up in church all the time singing how Canaan land, one day we're going to go to Canaan land, we'll cross the Jordan. In other words, we'll die and go to heaven and then, we'll have all of these nice things. But um, that's, that's not a biblical uh, interpretation. That, that's, a, that's just somebody kind of basically who's defeated in life as a Christian, trying to make an excuse for why it's not working for them. So, let's just put it all off to Heaven. But God really does want us to possess our Canaan land, the promises of God, while we're here on this earth. And, of course, when we all get to Heaven, which eventually we will, by God's grace to keep us and carry us there, when we get there, oh, yes, it's going to be wonderful. But we want to go to Heaven with an inheritance. We want to complete our life and have the Lord say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, we, we not, how can I say it, we not only want to get to Heaven, but we want to get there having accomplished what we were supposed to do. And in order to do that, we will need the power of the Holy Spirit, and we will need careful obedience to the commandments of God. And it's, it's amazing what can take place. You know, you can look at the Gospels, and you can see the times Multiple times when like, for example, Jesus would heal a blind person and then strictly tell the person, don't tell anybody about what's happened, okay? And then the person just go out and start telling everybody all over the place. And you see you, you see a weakness in man, in humanity, uh, where there's a struggle to follow basic instructions. One time the Lord Jesus healed the leper. And he told the leper, uh, now that the, all the leprosy is gone, he's totally cleansed. Jesus said, now don't talk to anybody, don't go anywhere else, but straight to the temple and present yourself to the priest. In other words, do what Moses said to do in the law concerning uh, the regulations uh, involving the cleansing of a leper. So go straight to the temple, sh- show yourself to the priest and And don't stop and talk to anybody. Well, he he didn't go to the temple, just went out and started telling everybody, hey, I'm cleansed. I don't have any more leprosy. And, And it did exactly opposite of what Jesus told him to do. So, in order to get the kingdom blessing to work in our life, even if you get some of it, such as you get a healing or something like that, there's still more. And you only get the fullness of what God has for you when you very carefully follow. The commandments of the Lord. By the way, when Jesus would tell uh, certain individuals, "Don't tell anybody," or you know, go to the temple or whatever, he had he always had very direct reasons for that, and um, there was a there was a solid explanation for each time of when he did that. And other times he would not do that. Other times he would say, "Go tell people," uh, you know, you know, be a witness of what has taken place, but it's it's just different so we have to follow the commandments of the lord and i think there are some things in the bible that are laid out that are so clear that are so easy to understand that to those that are truth seekers you see it and you're like well this is a no brainer i'm just going to follow it i'm going to do it it's a teaching of the word of god i'm going to apply it to my life and thus it works but there's others even in the church it doesn't matter how many scriptures you show them it doesn't matter if you Sat down and you were an expert in Hebrew or Greek and you tried to explain it to them, they're not going to buy it. Honestly, they wouldn't buy it. They wouldn't believe it even if an angel appeared to them. And I think there are some that wouldn't believe it. They're just not going to do it even if Jesus himself appeared to them. And I want to talk a little bit today about tithing because I know in the church there's different viewpoints of tithing. Maybe we could say there's two camps. There's a camp that believes that not only uh should you not tithe, you should be very much opposed to tithing and don't have anything to do with tithing. but there's another group that's walking in the light of God's word that realizes the great blessing, the great release of power that's associated through tithing, and of course, you know for, for us, we're all we're, we're all into the Word of God. So I want to talk about the release of power that comes through tithing. Uh, let me share a verse that maybe will help you a little bit about this. This is uh, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 10. And he, that would be Jesus, said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. So there's mysteries of the kingdom. Um, Tithing is a mystery, that connects the believer with God's supernatural exhaustless supply. Okay? Let me say that again. Tithing is a kingdom mystery that connects you as a believer with God's inexhaustible source of kingdom supply. God's never going to run out of supply. It doesn't matter if, if tomorrow 20 million people decide to become Christians. It's not like God's like, "Well, I've got to take care of 20 more." now they're all going to tithe, and I'm just going to run out of provision. No, when you tithe, you connect with that kingdom mystery that ties you into God's supernatural ability to supply all of your needs, all of your wants. And even all of your desires. But it's a kingdom mystery. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So for some of us the mystery is unveiled. And you see it and you're like, wow, I've got it. I catch it by revelation. It's very clear to, uh, you know, discern the will of God. But there's others even in the church it's veiled to them. Why? Uh, you just have. You'll have some that they'll argue over anything. Uh, they'll argue over the earth being round or flat. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you can prove it either. They just. They're just going to argue. There, there's. I don't know. Maybe it's a spirit of stubbornness, or just uh, a, a rebellious edge. But it it doesn't matter what what the Word teaches, what the Holy Spirit would reveal, they're not going to catch it. But if you have a heart for truth, God will unveil the things that you're seeking. When you're seeking truth, God will unveil it to you. Praise God. So we want to talk about the unveiling of the mystery of tithing, because when you tithe, when you honor the Lord with your tithe, then you are connected supernaturally to God's divine supply. And it's very interesting because you're going to need miracle provision in your life. Here's something very interesting from the book of Exodus, chapter 23. Look what God told them to do in verse 14 Three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. And so you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, verse 16, the Feast of Harvest, and then also later in verse 16, the Feast of ingathering or the Feast of Tabernacles. So verse 17, three times in the year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God. So three primary feast. You you have seven major feasts, but you have three that are the primary feasts that God considers so important that you have to come to the place of His choosing, and you're required to be there. Especially if you're a male past a certain age, uh, you have got to be there. So, you know what? That really requires you to have the extra to be able to go up to Jerusalem every year, three times wouldn't that be cool if 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 today stop and think about it today if we had to go to Jerusalem three times every year I know what you're thinking the first thing you're thinking is like <laughs> Lord uh, that's expensive you know just a ticket to get over there and back. It's going to be about you know at least a thousand dollars to get over there and back three times, uh, and then when you go, you, you know you're expected to bring an offering to the Lord. Wow, what does that mean? Well, it means God has to really, really be blessing His people in order for His people to walk in the commandments that He was giving them during that time. God really does want us to trust Him. And God really does want us to connect with His financial package that He has for us, which is based upon a covenant. And when we meet the terms and the conditions of that covenant, then God is obligated by His integrity to His word to now do what He said that He would do. You know, um, in Seoul, Korea, South Korea, of course. Um, I've been there. It's a very beautiful city. The church is very strong there. Uh, I think when you mention Seoul, Korea, most people think of Dr. Uh, Youngy Cho's church that he pastored for so many years. And I know there's a new pastor over the uh, uh, Yoido Full Gospel Church there now. But, you know, the church, really, if you were to count all of the members that were also. Sent out to start other churches. The church has a membership over uh, of over a million people. I think the official membership is like eight hundred thirty thousand members, but it's considered the largest church in the world. And of course, many other churches sprung up from that church, and many other many members were sent out to help build up other churches. So, really, a membership of over a million people. But it had very humble beginnings, and. The church, when it started, was very, very small with just a few people, and everybody, including Pastor Cho and his wife, they were all dirt poor. And uh, you know, you go back sixty years ago, and South Korea was nothing like it is today. I mean, they have one of the most beautiful airports in the world, uh, a very modern city, and uh, uh, you know, even today, you know, a lot of good things coming out of South Korea. We have, uh, you know, have Hyundai. You have the Genesis uh, brand of vehicles, all very nice. Of course, those are very popular and very, uh, very big there in South Korea. But a beautiful place. But it, it, it did not have the wealth and prosperity uh, 60 years ago. And when this church was being raised up by Dr. Cho, everybody in the church was poor. And Dr. Cho said that he never taught The people to tithe or give because first of all they don't have anything. They, you know, most of the people in the church were just farmers. So it's not like they had, they had currency or money in the first place. But also he didn't teach them because they're so poor and church is so small. He was afraid that if he taught them about money that they should give, he thought they would just, they would leave. And then the very little group he had would just, you know, break up and then he wouldn't have anything. So he didn't teach them. But the Lord one time talked to Dr. Cho and said, he said, I'm going to hold you re- accountable for keeping your people in poverty because you're not teaching them the tithe and you're not teaching them to give. You are keeping them locked into poverty. So uh, Dr. Cho uh, agreed with the Lord that he would begin to teach the people about tithing and so the following Sunday, he's teaching them on tithing, and he realizes they don't have any money. They, they're not earning incomes where they get a paycheck and they get currency or cash. They're just farmers. So he said, "He said what you need to do is you need to tithe on your vegetables. You need to bring the tithe of your vegetables in." And so they, they began to do that. The people began to do that. And so, you know, uh, tomatoes, and potatoes, and uh, cucumbers, and things like that began to come in, onions, and so forth. And so, you know, Dr. Cho and his wife, you know, they're eating the vegetables. But there's so many vegetables that began to come in through the tithing of the people, that they, they had such an overflow, they began to give a lot of the vegetables away. And it was, it was a little while after that, Where a famine struck that area, a very severe famine, and the only people who were not touched by the famine were the tithers in Doctor Cho's church, and their crops just continued to produce like crazy. And not only did they keep on tithing, but they they were bringing so much in that they could also take a lot of the vegetables and begin to sell them. So they begin to become wealthy. And eventually the famine ends, but those people kept going higher and higher. And most of the millionaires that would be in Dr. Cho's church today were the early tithers that began tithing when it was just an onion, when it was just, you know, five potatoes, or whatever it was. That's true. This is a true story. And those people over, over the years, God raised them up, made them into millionaires, multimillionaires. And it all was because they heard the principles, the teachings on tithing. They knew it was biblical. They locked into it. And God established them very, very securely. Praise God. Let's go to Psalm 96. Psalm 96. I want to talk today about the power that is released when you honor the Lord with your tithing. Praise God today. Psalm 96. Okay. And let's go to verse 8. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. When you give to the Lord, you're bringing glory to his name. When you withhold from the Lord, you're not giving the Lord the glory that is due his name. I grew up in church, and this was just kind of like a basic teaching in the denomination that I belong to. And the pastor would teach that tithing was under the law. And because we're in the New Testament under grace, we no longer are required to tithe. And he said, you should not tithe. And I want to tell you, through personal experience, that the church I grew up in, was broke, and the people were that, as you would say, the traditional broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm talking hard poverty. Now, this was in Mississippi, which at that time was the poorest state in the nation. So imagine being in the poorest state and at the bottom of the bottom. That's where we were at. We were poorer than most of the other poor people, and we were very happy that we were not tithers. And I tell you what, we had no idea the the misery that we were self-inflicting upon our lives because of our stubborn disobedience to the Word of God. Oh, maybe I should mention that within the, the denomination that I belong to that there was one particular church, one particular pastor who was very successful Who probably had the largest church in our entire denomination, and it was a best selling author, and his books branched through all streams of Christianity. uh, You had Spirit filled people, Pentecostal people, Baptist people reading his books, and he was very prosperous. Now, most of the ministers in our denomination spoke against that man, but you know what? I found out later that that man was a die hard tither. And he said, "Look, he said, I know we're in the new covenant, but we should still honor the Lord with our tithe." He said, "I believe the tithe carries from the old, goes through the cross, and into the new, and we have an obligation to honor the Lord with our tithe." And he stood out as a bright, shining star, (laughs) and a denomination that just, in many ways, has a a very low ceiling over their finances. And this guy is just flourishing, still flourishing today. That man is still in that same denomination, still pastoring, still worldwide known. I won't say his name because I don't want to make the denomination look, uh, how can I say, bad. I'm just saying it's a, it's a good denomination, but they, they're missing it in a major area. And of course, I believe the main reason they're missing it is they're not open to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But regardless of that, that one pastor caught the revelation. He may not speak in tongues, uh, doesn't really believe in that. He's not even really against it, though. But he does know about tithing, and my goodness, has God blessed him, and has God ever blessed his church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, we want to give glory to the Lord through our tithes, through our giving. And it says, bring an offering, and come into his courts. When you bring an offering when you present your finances to the Lord, whether it's the tithe, whether it's an offering, your your giving to the Lord grants you access into His courts. And myself with a prophetic ministry, talking with others who have had supernatural visitations and experiences of being caught up to Heaven, and walking in the courts of Heaven. Now, I'm not going to say this is ironclad this is 100 percent but I will say this I have not talked with one person who's having heavenly experiences walking in the courts walking in those glory realms who's not a tither I've ne- I've never met any prophetic individual in my life who's having experiences of being caught up and going into the glory realms into the courts of heaven on a regular basis I've never met anybody in my life who's doing that who's not a tither Every single person I've ever talked to where we exchange stories about what we've encountered through visions of seeing Heaven or being in Heaven, every single person I've ever talked to who's having those experiences is an absolute consistent rock solid tither. Glory to God. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Your giving gives you access. Now I know the access is through the shed blood of Christ, but I know also that even as a believer, if you've got a stingy and a greedy heart and you're, you're all raveled up with the spirit of mammon, there's, there's no way that you have that lift. There's no way that you're going to have that ongoing access to have that deep personal walk with God where God's just unveiling all kinds of glorious mysteries to you. No, that's given to the givers. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you today. God's setting people free. I really believe it. I believe that your your giving brings you into the Lord's presence. I believe, I, bl- I believe that your giving makes your worship complete. Your worship complete. Thank you Lord Jesus. Let's go to Genesis chapter 14. So many of these questions about tithing can be settled in the book of beginnings as we now turn back to Genesis chapter 14. And let's look today at verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God, Most High. And he blessed him, that would be Abram, and said, Blessed be Abram of God, Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he Abram gave him, Melchizedek, a tithe of all. So, 400 years before the Mosaic law was instituted, when God, working through angels, gave the law, the commandments to Moses. 400 years before that Mount Sinai experience, the giving of the law ever took place, here is Abram giving the tithe to Melchizedek, who is a type of Christ, giving him the tithe. That he's such a type of Christ that he's a high priest, and he's presented as a man with no beginning and no end, like Christ, the Alpha and the the Omega. (laughs) It's absolutely amazing so Abram is tithing when there was no law that says you have to give 10% he's doing it out of honor out of reverence out of respect for the for the position of the high priest and that man's association and his standing with God and it's the same as giving it to Jesus hallelujah praise God now when you tithe power and, and and it really is power, the power through blessing. What is blessing? Blessing is to be empowered to prosper. When you tithe, power is released through your tithing. And I want to show this to you in Genesis chapter 32. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I really believe that God. Wants you to make him your personal financial advisor. I believe that God wants you to do business with him. I believe that God wants you to link with him where he can give you ideas, where he can give you strength, where he can give you the tying in into unlimited blessing. But my friends, it's all rooted in the tithe. Hallelujah. What is the tithe? The tithe is 10% of your income. I believe it's your gross income, not your net income. I believe that you should honor the Lord before you honor the U.S. government yes, you should pay your taxes. You should give the Caesar that which is Caesar's, but you should give to God that which is God's first. Pay God first, and then you pay Caesar. And then everything that else that you have left to work with, it's blessed to the Lord, and it will be supernaturally expanded and increased, and you will be just fine. Praise God. Now, Genesis chapter 32, verse 9 then Jacob said, O oh, God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac. How about that? He's mentioning his father and his grandfather. Why? Because they're both tithers. Now watch this. I'm going to show you power is released through tithing. Who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies, and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Okay, so he's reflecting. Jacob is reflecting back to the time he originally crossed that Jordan and he, he hardly had anything. It's just like all he had was his stick, was his staff. But now, he's crossing it again, and God has so increased him, that it's like he's got two armies. One of the armies, or one of the camps, the descendant of his wife, Leah. The other, the descendant of his other wife, Rachel. And of course, his twelve sons, who are raised up to become the twelve patriarchs of the nation of Israel. But by this point, God has so increased him from initially just crossing over with a little stick, with a staff, to now he's crossing it with two major camps, to the point where his brother Esau encounters him and says, who are all of these? And he's like, well, these are, These are my, these are my sons. These are my, um, you know, these are my. This is my family. These are my servants. These are all of my animals. This is, this is really, the manifestation of God's blessing in my life. Wow! Oh, oh, the Lord had blessed Esau also, but the blessing on Jacob was just absolutely supernatural. It was powerful. But see, Jacob had made a deal with the Lord. Lord, if you, you get me there and you take care of me, I'm gonna give you the tithe. And he did. God blessed him, and this man is tithing. And God has so empowered him through his act of tithing that he's turned him from this man, this kind of showing up with a staff and hardly anything to his name, to a man that's just loaded, loaded with possessions. To a degree, when you looked at his life, it's like, this guy has got like two armies that are tagging along with him, two major camps. Wow. That, my friends, is the blessing of the Lord. All of the livestock, all of the animals, all of the hard assets that he had, all of this was released, all of this power released, because this man, my friends, was a tither, There is power released in tithing. Praise God. You really should tithe. The tithe, according to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and onward, the tithe belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. And not only should you tithe when money hits your hand, or your electronic paycheck is deposited into your account... The very first thing that you should do is not only uh, is tithe. Not only should you tithe, but the very first thing you should do should be to tithe with your money, not go out and eat. We're going to go celebrate. Let's go out and eat the money's in the bank. No, tithe first and then go out and eat. Pastor Stephen, I just got my inheritance. I just got $300,000 inheritance. I'm going to go shopping. Well, okay, you can go shopping, but first tithe on your inheritance and then go shopping. Praise God! Always put God first. Always put God first, and then, of course, you pay your taxes, and then you know, just enjoy yourself. Praise God, but you really should be a tither. The tithe belongs to the Lord. See, this is where a lot of Christians miss it. They think, Pastor Stephen, I'm struggling. I can't afford the tithe, but they never stop to think why. Are, wh- why am I struggling? It's because you're you're robbing God. You're robbing God from what? From money. Uh, look, look. It's not like you can rip God off and, you know, Lord, I'm going to break into your heavenly mansion. I'm going to break into your throne room, and I'm going to take from you. No, you're robbing God from being able to bless you. God's your father. You're His son. You're His daughter. When you don't tithe, you're robbing from God. You're taking from Him the ability to legally bless you. He can't do it. Why? Because He cannot bless disobedience. He cannot sanction Disobedience. He cannot sanction you lying. He can't say, Well, I'm just going to overlook it and it's it's okay. No, he can't bless lying. He can't bless stealing. He can't bless disobedience. So when you're obedient, he can bless you. He can he can work with you in an area of a financial covenant. But a lot of people say, I I, you know, I can't tithe because I don't have enough money. Well, that's why you don't have enough money. That's why the financial struggle is never ending, because you're being disobedient in the area of your finances, and you're not giving the Lord the 10% that actually belongs to Him. Praise the Lord. And you know what? This is what some people think. They think, well, God's not getting my money. Look, if, if you're a Christian, and you're not tithing, you're going to get hit through unexpected circumstances in life, And God God says, if you don't pay it, 20% is going to be taken out, like it or not. It will come out one way or the other. And I see, I see believers, it's just like they have the most bizarre things happen to them, car wrecks. And I'm talking consistent car wrecks, and just Weird sicknesses and diseases and things that just hijack their life. And as soon as they get over that, they go down the road a little bit further and boom, get hit with some other kind of weird tragedy or some kind of ongoing, it's just like ongoing, bizarre, weird problems. What's going on? They're not tithing. They're not tithing. And when you don't obey the commandments of God, you give the devil legal access to come into your life and wreak havoc and he comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you disobey scriptures, he has legal permission to come in and hit you in those areas. So, you need to close the door to the devil, and you need to obey the Lord, and you need to honor the Lord with your finances. Hallelujah. Let me share this with you in the Bible from the book of Leviticus, chapter 27. Praise God. Leviticus 27. And let's go to verse 30 praise God until you start tithing things will only get tighter until you start tithing things will only get tighter God wants you to be blessed God wants you to have breathing room God wants you to have overflow God wants your debts paid down paid down paid down paid off God wants you blessed in every area of your life God wants you to have overflow overflow so that you can support the preaching of the gospel, so that you can support the great commission that the gospel will go into all the world through television, through internet, through the printed page, so that we can do all kinds of wonderful things together, bring fresh, clean drinking water into rural communities, bring orphanages uh, into uh, rural areas, and just do all kinds of things to bless humanity in the name of Christ and to present the gospel in His name through these gracious words. Works. Praise God. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Um, What I'm getting right now is some of you are toying with your destiny by not tithing. You are literally toying with your destiny by not tithing. And I don't believe you will ever fulfill your destiny. I don't don't even believe believe you'll fulfill 50% of it if you're not a tither. It will always remain out of reach for you. No matter how zealous you are, no matter how energetic you are, no matter how much willpower you exert, it will remain out of reach. You will not be able to touch the things you need to touch because only God can carry you into that. And it's the power released through tithing that will enable you to reach into the fullness of what God has called you to do. Leviticus 27, verse 30, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. That's 20%. And concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I had, I had an emergency need pop up, and uh, I'm going to take the tithe, and I'm going to use the tithe money to pay that off. Oh, okay, well, you paid that off. Well, not only now do you owe God the tithe, but you actually owe 20%, 10% Plus, uh, plus more for having used the tithe. Praise God. That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Praise the Lord. You need to be a tither. You need to be a giver. Praise God. What rightfully belongs to the Lord, you need to give to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you are experiencing barrenness in your life because your heart is not open to the Lord with your finances. And so you're robbing God from the ability to bless you. And so you sit there in frustration and in barrenness because of your lack of response to honor the Lord with the tithe. You know, many years back, the evangelist R.W. Shambach talked about the, the, the man in his church. He called him Old Red. And uh, Brother Shambach, uh, you know, was pastoring a church, very small country, rural church. And everybody in the church was poor and he had not been the pastor very long and so one Sunday he, sta- he stands up and for the first time he starts to teach on tithing and he's teaching on tithing and he said everybody in the church was just smiling real happy and he's like he's thinking while he's teaching Lord they're looking a little too happy for me to be teaching on tithing and for them to look that happy Lord they're, they're not something's not right they're not getting it. And he kept on teaching, and then he realized, "Oh, I know why they're not getting it. They don't have any money." Again, it's a farming community. Everything's agriculture. You're way out in the rural areas. It's just what you eat, is what you grow, and what you raise. And so, there's not really an an exchange of, uh, you know, currency because you know you're you're kind of far removed from that. So he in the middle of his message he starts changing the sermon and he says now you need the tithe and they're all sitting there happy and he said he said you need the tithe on your chickens on on the eggs that your chickens are producing all of a sudden nobody's smiling anymore <laughs> Ah, woo! And you know when you you pull those vegetables out of the garden, you need to be tithing on those vegetables. And so he's starting to hit them now, where it where they're connecting with it. At and then you know, of course now all the smiles are gone. <laughs> woo! Glory to God! So he says after after the um, after the service is over, old Red came up to him, a big old farmer, wearing bib overalls, and um, he's just a big old man. And he said, preacher, he said, are you telling me? that the reason my chickens aren't laying eggs, the reason my hens aren't laying eggs is because I'm not tithing. And Schambach said, yep, you got it. That's right. You've been robbing them chickens of a blessing because you, you, you're, not pay, you're not paying God the tithe on them eggs. That's why your hens are not laying. <laughs> he said, all right. He said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to tithe on them eggs. He said, he said this better work. And so, um, then, you know, that big man walks away and gets in his pickup truck, drives, drives out to the country, goes home. Brother Shambach goes back to his house, and he goes, "Woo!" He said, Lord, I don't want Brother Red getting mad at me. That's a big country man. And he said, Lord, let those chickens lay eggs. Lord, let them have a double portion. Let them lay double yolks, hallelujah. And so, he's praying, God, this better work. <laughs> and so, um, the next day, they were actually having another evening service, service meeting. And so, uh, Brother Shambock is driving to the church in his car, and uh, he, he told his wife, I don't even want to look up, see if there's anybody at the church yet. And his wife she goes, well, there's somebody there. He goes, well, who is it? Is it they in the pickup truck? He st- she said, yep, it's in the pickup truck. She said, it's Big Red. He goes, oh, Lord. He, and she said, he's waiting for you. And so, he pulls up and uh, sees Big Red coming towards him real fast. And, you know, Shambock's a big man himself. But he thought, you know, I don't want to be at a dis- disadvantage if this guy's going to beat me up, so I'm going to get out of the car first so I can meet him. As he gets out of the car, and, sh- and Big Red comes up and grabs him, and said, Preacher, it works, it works, it works. And, it, and Shammai goes, What do you mean? He goes, Them chickens, they were laying eggs all night long. And he, uh, he says, Look at all of this. And there's all of these eggs and crates, just crates all lined up that he'd come and brought with the pickup truck, He said, Well, what'd you do? He he said, Did you bring all the eggs? He goes, Nope. Just brought the tithe. And there were just, I I can't remember, like 260 eggs or something like that, all neatly stacked in their crates. And that's just a tithe. That was just the tithe. (laughs) Woo! And old Red said, he said, Preacher, ain't robbing God no more. I'm not robbing God anymore. And some of you, that's why you have barrenness in your life. You even have barrenness with your thought life, bearing this with creativity, and um, the ideas, they're not flowing. It's it's because you're not a tither. And all of that creativity that comes from God is just locked, stopped up. But when you start the tithe, you're going to get your joy back. You're going to get your laughter back. You're going to get happy, and you're going to get that power flow going on in your life. Some of you are going to get, you're going to get some big blessings in your life that are going to just kind of come in from an area you weren't even expecting. Some of them are going to be six figures and you're going to be you're going to have the opportunity to tithe on something that's going to be the largest tithe you have ever given in your life. But I believe because you've been faithful over a little, you're going to be faithful over much. I remember that when there was a dear lady That she had sold her house, her house was completely paid off. She sold the house and she brought to me, to my ministry, the tithe. And she had never given a tithe that large in her life before. So she's giving 10% of having just sold a debt free, very, very nice home. And so she'd tithe before, you know, like, you know, if, if it was like a $40 tithe or an $80 tithe like that. But she's holding in her hands a $30,000 tithe, And literally when she handed me, me the check made out to the ministry, made out to Stephen Brooks International, when she handed me the check her hand was shaking. Not because she's old and she's got you know some kind of you know nerve situation. She has never done Anything on that magnitude ever before, and she was literally shaking when she gave it to me. <laughs> and I received it, and I prayed for her. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And would you believe, just right after that, she went home to be with the Lord. I am so glad that she went to Heaven, having honored the Lord with the tithe, because we were able to take that money, and use it, and make a big big push with the gospel into Europe. And when we went to Europe, uh, having used uh, a portion of that provision, there were people in Europe that received miracles that never would have happened if she had not released that tithe that allowed us to go and just travel all over Europe, ministering, ministry. So, all the miracles that came out of that, um, you know, all the people that were healed, none of that would have happened if she had not opened her hand and released that. It may have been difficult for her, but she gave it. But I believe some of you, you're going to have the privilege and the opportunity to honor the Lord with tides of great magnitude and just write it, just do it, and do it first, and then enjoy the rest. Praise God. God is setting you up for blessing. Glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, just say, I receive that. Praise the Lord forever. Praise the Lord forever. The first thing that me and Kelly always do when money is given to us is we tithe on it. We actually have a tithe account uh, for our personal money. So, uh, off our income, off anything that's given to me, If, if a person puts $20 in my hand, I actually take the time. I take $2 out of that. Now, if there's not the change, of course, I've got to get the change and round that up, you know, and break that. But it doesn't matter if somebody gives me a hundred dollars. I I take ten out. It all goes into that tithe account. If it hits, if it comes into my my personal account electronically, it's also taken out and it's put into a tithe account. In our ministry, every every bit of money that comes into the ministry, there is a tithe, and ten percent goes into a tithe account, and it goes into rock solid ministries that we are linked with. Uh, apostolic ministries that we are in association with great men of God that speak into my life most of them are much older than me that that are that are that are how can I say elders to me and we're tithers absolutely and it keeps us plugged into the power line it keeps us plugged into the blessing line it keeps us in covenant with God keeps us in covenant with the supernatural relationships that God has established in my life praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, we are tithers. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise today. Uh, Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 7. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. Uh, The book of Hebrews is really a contrast between the Old Covenant, New Covenant, The, the Old Covenant, High Priest, New Covenant high priest, how much Jesus is better than the Old Covenant, how much Jesus is superior even to angels. And so we see many wonderful things about the supremacy of Jesus in the book of Hebrews. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 7, and let's drop down to verse 8. It says, Here on the earth, mortal men receive tithe. That's talking about the the Aaronic priesthood, the Tabernacle temple system. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 7 talks about Melchizedek, a type of Christ a type of high priest, just like Jesus, no beginning, no end. And how in a spiritual mystery, when you tithe today, the tithe, just like back in the Old Testament, would go to the priest and then be passed to the high priest, Today it's the same thing. You may tithe, the tithe comes into the storehouse of the ministry of Stephen Brooks International, but when you tithe, it is a spiritual transaction where that tithe hits the hands of Jesus, your High Priest Himself, and He is still receiving the tithe today. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Who still lives? Christ still lives, our high priest, and he is still receiving the tithes today. Hallelujah. My treasure is in heaven, but my provision is on earth. Your treasure also is in Heaven. That's where your heart is at. But your provision has to be here on the earth, because you have needs. You, you need money. If you, if you want to go shopping for food, and you go to the grocery store, they don't take faith, they take, they take, they take money. They don't take prayer, we will pray for you for this, you know, that we can have this food. No, no, they don't want your prayer, they want your money. They want your money. When you go to the grocery store, you go shopping. They they need money. When you go to the airline to buy a ticket, uh, they need your money. They need your credit card. They need something so that they can charge you for that service or that product or that good. So you need money on the earth, and God wants you to have more than enough, where all of your needs are met, and you are carried into the overflow. Praise God. God really does want to be your business partner. But he will not be your business partner if you're not a tither. Stop and think about it just for a moment. Think about just from a common sense perspective. Who would go in the business with somebody else? Let's say you have two people. They both are thinking about joining in business partnership. What person would do that? where it benefits one, but it doesn't benefit the other? What person would come into a covenant knowing that this is not going to benefit you in any way, but yet they're expecting everything out of you? What kind of a person would come into an agreement like that? now Lord I'm not going to tithe but I want you to meet all of my needs I want you to be my Jehovah Jireh my provider I want you to see to it that all my provision is taken care of I want to have business partnership with you but I'm not going to tithe who, who would engage in a covenant like that there is no natural person who if I can be kind would be that stupid What kind of a person says, I'm going to do all of that and not get anything out of it? What kind of a person comes into covenant who does not have any any association with, you know, like, hey, we're all getting something out of this? What kind of a person would do something like that? Nobody, certainly not God, certainly not God, the greatest business person that there is, the originator, the creator of business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God comes in the covenant. God will make a covenant with you. God will be your all in all. God will be your more than enough. But God God wants something out of it. He wants relationship, he wants obedience, he wants you to learn faith. You can't learn faith if you're not a tither. You you can't you can't even understand the basic principles of faith. Well, Pastor Stephen, when I tithe, I see subtraction I see money leaving my hand I see money leaving my life well that's because you don't understand faith in faith you see it leave your hand but it doesn't leave your life it's put into the hand of Christ who now can multiply it who can bless you who could increase you just like he did Jacob who can turn your life the product of your life into that of an army Hallelujah. So you see the Word by faith, and you believe the Word. You walk by faith, not by sight. And God requires that of anybody who's going to walk with Him. So you cannot please God if you're not going to walk in faith. And if you're not a tither, you can't please God, because it's one of the original anchor stones of the faith walk. Hallelujah. I believe that tithing is an area where many Christians have not allowed the Holy Spirit to circumcise their heart. Can you can you not tithe and still go to heaven? Yeah, you can be a non-tither and still make heaven. But you could also smoke cigarettes, destroy your lungs, defile your body, clog up your heart, your lungs with tar, release carcinogens into your body by the thousands. You can smoke and be saved. And still go to heaven. Now, when you get to heaven, on your judgment day, the Lord will talk with you about the way that you abused your temple. That's—he's not going to sweep that under the carpet. There will be a reckoning for that. There will be a reckoning for that. Now, he's not expecting you to be a gold medal gymnast. He's not going to—he's not expecting you to be able to swing from, you know, the high bars and do backflips and somersaults. But he does expect you not to wreck and defile your body. And if you do you can still gain heaven, but there's going to be a conversation about that. The Lord's going to talk with you about that. And there's, and if you've done that, you can lose rewards. Praise God. Because everything will be covered. Your whole life will be covered like a, like going through your hair with a very fine comb. Everything will be looked at, including your checkbook. It will be gone through with you and the Lord very, very slowly with a very fine tooth examination. Praise God. The first thing will come up if you're not a tither, that will be discussed. I can share this. Maybe you could call this extra biblical. When I say extra biblical, please understand I'm not saying unbiblical. Unbiblical means it doesn't line up with the word. Extra biblical means that you can just take it, weigh it by the Spirit, and, you know, just kind of chew on it. I know people who, when they lived on the earth, were not tithers. They were Christians, and they loved the Lord. They were not baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they were still saved and born again, and they made heaven, but they were not tithers. I have had supernatural encounters in the Spirit that without them telling me, I knew, they knew by looking at me through these heavenly encounters, they were wrong. They were wrong in their beliefs. And let me just say it like this if you don't learn it down here, Pastor Stephen, I'm not going to tithe no matter what. Let me just say this. If you don't learn it down here, you're going to learn it when you get up there, when you're finally free from the spirit of mammon. See, mammon is not money, because mammon is a spirit. Money is not a spirit. Money is just um, it's just a, a means of exchange. It's just like a currency, means of exchange. That's all it is. It's, it could be paper, it could be coin. it could be various. it could even be Bitcoin. It could even be um, you know uh, cryptocurrency, internet currency. Um, but it's not a spirit. Mammon is a spirit, and there's a lot of believers that they just really love this world, and they are wrapped up with the spirit of mammon, and it's just really hard for them to let go. But when you get to heaven, and you know you're free from all the entanglements of this world, of spirit of mammon no longer holds you, spirit of lust no longer holds you, uh, all these things of the world that pulled you and maybe held you down. When you get to heaven, uh, and the spirit of rebellion is gone. When you get to heaven. You're just like now, God. I, I'm free from all that junk. Wow! Now, now I really want to serve you and live for you. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord! Well, then you can learn it, but while while many are down here, they'll not learn it. They're they've got a lot of um, a lot of clogged up stuff. You know, I was um, I was listening to an old message by Prophet Kenneth Hagin, and he had one of those one-on-one times with the Lord in prayer. Where he got way over in the spirit and he's having one on one, you could even call it heart surgery with the Lord. This is also what we would call uh, crucifixion of the flesh, but I would also call it circumcision of of the foreskin of the heart, cutting off things that are carnal and fleshly that could be rooted in us. Or could be uh, ingrained in us through our upbringing, even if our upbringing has been in church. And there's things that need to be cut off, put on the altar. And so, Prophet Kenneth Hagin had one of these encounters with the Lord, where the Lord's examining his heart, and as he's praying in the Spirit, things are coming up out of him. And he can look at it, and he can know whether we need to chunk this, get rid of it, or it's okay. So this stuff is coming up out of him. He gave examples. He watched as this thing began to come up out of him, and he said, Lord, what is that that's coming up out of my my spirit? And uh, the Lord told him, because he said it looked like an old boot with tentacles coming out of it. I mean, it didn't look good. And the Lord said, Lord said, that's, that is a, some of the old religious junk that you picked up in the denomination that you were raised in. It's not biblical, it's just religious junk. And and mistaken by the church as being biblical, but it's not biblical, it's junk. And the Lord said, that's some of the religious junk you picked up in the denomination that you were raised in. Brother Hagin looked at him. and he's like, Lord, I don't want that. Uh, and I, I'm putting that on the altar. I, yeah, I'm getting rid of that. In other words, that's getting thrown in the spiritual trash can, that it be consumed by the fire of God. So, he keeps on praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And another thing begins to come up. And it didn't look near as bad as the tentacle thing that had just gotten thrown away. But something else came up. And he said it looked like a, like a tin can, a shiny tin can. But although it was shiny, he said that he still knew this is not, this is not good. And he was like, Lord, what is that? And the Lord said, that's some of the, the religious tradition that you have picked up in Pentecostal full gospel churches. And Brother Hagin said he knew that wasn't good either. So he took that and threw that on the altar also. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what? Some people have never allowed the Lord to circumcise their heart when it comes to the tithe. They're they're like, God, I'll die a martyr, but you're not getting my tithe. They're they're really like that. They're just like, God, I'll do anything to serve you. They say that, but they'll never, ever tithe. Why? They have not allowed the Lord to, to circumcise that area of their heart. Mm. And so there's an area in their life of uncleanness, and as a believer, if they do not get that dealt with, they will never, they will never, never step into the fullness of their destiny. They will never have the power of God rush and flow into their life, bringing creati- creativity and color and blessing, because they're not a tither. They're not a tither. But when they get to heaven, when they get to heaven, they're going to have to learn it. They will absolutely have to learn it. There's no exceptions. These are things I know through uh, uh, supernatural experiences. These are sacred things that I know that if you do not learn it down here, you're going to have to learn it up there. And people in the church down here that mock and make fun of the mystery of tithing, that mock and make fun of the mystery of communion, Let them laugh. They they may live their whole life, and they're just not going to get it. But the moment they cross over, and they're with the Lord in Heaven, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, and they will hang their head in shame. Now the Lord will remove the shame. He will, because you know, there's not like there's condemnation, but there will be a reckoning of, you taught, you practiced, you did the wrong thing, and you instructed others to do the wrong thing too. And That's why the Bible says, not let many of you, you know, desire to be a teacher, because if you're teaching others, and you're instructing others, and if it's wrong, you're going to have a stricter judgment, because all of that's going to be dealt with, all of that's going to be be gone over. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, for many in the church, it's veiled as a mystery. They just don't get it, and it doesn't matter how many scriptures you give them, they're still not going to get it. They're just not going to do it. That, that's between them and the Lord. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in you serving the Lord, honoring the Lord with your tithe, so that His power flows into your life, so that the, the vower, the enemy is rebuked, and unfruitfulness, and barrenness Are dispersed out of your life, and now the beauty, the glory of the Lord flourishes in your life. And like Jacob, you're just flat out blessed. I mean, people look at your life and just say, you're blessed? Hallelujah. But my friends, that requires the power of God to do that, and it's anchored in tithing. The financial covenant is rooted and anchored in tithing, and you cannot get into it. Uh, if you're not a tither. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to share a new, uh, I want to share something with you from scriptures, that that as a tither, I believe you're coming into a new season. Some of you have been tithing for many, many years. This ministry f- is flourishing right now, because God has joined faithful tithers, faithful givers to this ministry. You online church partners, many of you, uh, ministry, co- covenant ministry partners, and you give, you tithe, and you give into this ministry, and the ministry is healthy and strong, and we are expanding on all fronts. But I want to share something with you, for you that are faithful, and those of you that are now allowing Christ to circumcise your heart, and you're like, I'm going to be a tither, I want to be a, I want to be clean. I don't want any uncleanness in my heart. I don't want financial uncleanness in my heart. Hallelujah. I have, I have something to share with you from the Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Let's take a look at that today. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Because I really see the glory of the Lord being evidenced in your life. And people are going to see it. Church people are going to see it, and unbelievers are going to see it. They are going to see raw evidence of God's blessing in your life. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 10. My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. And I believe that this is what your beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe this is what He's speaking to you, that it's time for you to rise up, because the winter is past. Your winter season is over. The rain is over and gone, the dreary days. Those days are over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. God's about to infuse your life with a level of color that's going to explode in your life like a palette that a master artist would use to create the most beautiful painting on a canvas. Color is about to explode. Creativity, the ability to create, somebody, you're going to be able to build the home of your dreams. And you are going to be able to build exactly what you want. You're going to be able to decorate it. You're going to have the kitchen countertops that you want. You're going to have the flooring that you want. You're going to have the master shower that you want. You're going to have the car that you want. You're going to have the travel lifestyle that you want. And you're going to serve, serve, serve God all the days of your life, you're going to be a walking epistle for them to read. Hallelujah. And not only that, you can tell others how to get into it because you have found the doorway. You have found the key. Hallelujah. It's not a mystery veiled to you. You know how to get into the kingdom and you know how to work the principles. Praise God. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. This is a new season in your life, a time of great joy. The wealth of the sinner is being transferred into the hands of the believers, it is being moved into the hands of God's people. Hallelujah! Glory to God. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. This is a new season in your life. This is where the power of God is evidenced in your life. And it's going to be really, really good. Hallelujah. I believe that the next time that my wife and I take a tour to Israel, that as our ministry leads a tour to Israel, you're going to be able to go with us. You're going to be able to go to the land of the fig tree, the, the, the fig tree often representing the nation of Israel symbolically. Uh, even more uh, figuratively, it's actually speaking of the city of Jerusalem. I believe you're going to have such a prosperous new beginning, a new uh, uh, refreshing of the spirit that you're going to be able to go uh, and see the land of the fig tree, the vines with the tender grapes. You're going to be able to smell the good land. Hallelujah. This really is a time where you're coming into your Canaan land and you're possessing, 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 possessing all of the promises of God. You know what? Perhaps your father couldn't do it. Perhaps your grandfather couldn't do it. They could never conquer the ites in the land, they could never overthrow the giants and generation and generation went before you, and they never took the promised land. But with you, you're the one, you're the Joshua that goes in, and you're taking the land. He, he overthrew 31 kings. Boom, 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 possessing, possessing, possessing Joshua, Yeshua, a type of Christ, the warrior king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going in. You're going in with great glory, with great strength, and people are going to see it. Again, this is a new season in your life. The winter is past. The dreary rains are over and gone. The flowers are appearing in your life. The time of singing has come, the voice of the turtle dove. This is time for the blessings to come forth. Receive in Jesus' name and always honor the Lord with your tithe. You're going to see extraordinary miracles of provision hit your life. Tithe. You're going to give the biggest tithe you've ever given in your life with joy and laughing. Hallelujah. See, when the people of God, when the Israelites would go up to Jerusalem on those annual feasts, they would go up singing. We have that in the Psalms. Those were called the Psalms of Ascent. Those were the Psalms they would sing with joy as they went up! Hallelujah! I see that unfolding in your life. You're going up with singing. You're going up into the goodness of the Lord to meet the Lord. Hallelujah! Father, bless your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's honor the Lord with our tithes. Some of you, you've never tithed before. This is a time for you to get tied into the covenant, God's financial covenant. This is a time for you to get tied into a stream where the power of God is flowing with ideas, creativity, energy, strength, anointing, grace, protection, and blessing. Hallelujah. Those of you that are tithing, please, if you're mailing your tithe in, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, PO Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, zip code 28654- God's going to open the heavens over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tithe on everything. Tithe on everything that comes in. Hallelujah. Any any form of money, any form of currency that comes in, even if it's uh, uh, silver, gold, or whatever, platinum, whatever, pencils, tithe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're going online to bring in your tithe and offering, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. On the homepage, there's a link called, Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there right now, and you can tithe. Hallelujah. You know, Benny Hinn, when he was wanting to marry Suzanne, Suzanne's father, uh, of course, was a minister, and he could not understand why why Benny Hinn, back in the seventies, this young man with this kind of an anointing, with this kind of dynamic ministry, was struggling so much financially. And so he talked with Benny Hinn, and he said, "I'm not going to allow you to marry my daughter." until I find out what's going on with you financially, are you a tither? And I want to know about your giving. And Benny Hinn, you know, said, well, you know, you know as a young man said, well, uh, uh, I, I sometimes give, and sometimes, and he said, no, I want numbers. Tell me, how much are you giving? And he said, well, I give this, and then I give that. He goes, oh, I see, so you're an emotional giver. Now I know why you're struggling financially. And he said, are you a tither? And Benny Hinn basically said that he was not tithing. And so he said, you can't marry my daughter until you're a tither because I don't want her linked with somebody where there's a curse that is allowed to come in and work in their marriage or in their life. And so Benny Hinn decided to make it right. He decided to make up for all the back tithe that he had not paid. And so under great financial pressure, because he oh, he owed a television station 200 uh, 200 something thousand dollars that was you know late, he couldn't pay it. Didn't have the money. The next so the next day he goes into his office and he tells his secretary, "Start writing checks." And he had twenty thousand dollars left in the account. So he said, "Let's get out as much as we can. I wanna I wanna get my back tied, caught up, and I wanna." You know, she said, Well, this is all you have. He said, I know. Just drain it. Just send the thousand to that man of God, send the thousand to that man of God, just drain the whole account. And I believe, if I if this story, if I follow the story correctly, <clears throat> he's ministering the next day, and all he had left, because he's drained the 20000 dollars to make up for the back tithe he never paid. All he had left in his pocket was ten cents. That's it. That's all he has to his name. <laughs> it's ten cents. And while while he's there, while he's preaching, the Lord says, I, I want the ten cents also. And he, he said that about that just about floored him. He said, The Lord said, I want the ten cents also. But it, he said it was that, giving it all. That really began to open up the windows of heaven over his life, and he said, "God, I'm never going to rob from you. I'm never going to, st- I'm never going to steal the tithe ever again." And of course, it wasn't too long. Uh, God brought him completely out of debt, all bills paid, and then you know the Lord continued to lift him up higher and higher, bless him greater and greater. And of course, today he continues to be a blessing. To literally millions of people around the world with this wonderful ministry. My friends, what are you waiting on? You tithe, the power begins to flow. You tithe, the enemy begins to get backed off and backed out of your life. Praise God. These are the last days I see God wanting to release gigantic, enormous contracts to His people to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. There was a pastor in Indonesia who teaches tithing, and taught on tithing. And there was a man in the church, a person in the church, who had a check come in. And when the check came in, the faithful church member paid the tithe on that gigantic amount. The tithe was $35 million dollars. Hallelujah, 35 million, yes, you can do the math, yes, he received, the, the church member received $350 million, yes, it is a true story. The pastor of the church received $35 million. Praise God, hey, you can get some new carpet for $35 million. You can print some Bibles for $35 million. See, God wants us to shake nations. Did you catch that? God wants us to touch and affect nations where we can come in and preach the gospel and bring the goodness of the gospel also in, where we just begin to bless people. We can just begin to help nations. That is our destiny. That's where we're going. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything yet. God is about to open the windows of heaven over his faithful people the tithers in the church there is going to be such magnitudes of wealth released it's going to stagger people it's going to stagger the the unbelieving uh, world as they see literally a wealth transfer happen before their eyes it's it is it is one of the promised signs of the end time Of the end time glory coming upon the church, and it's already it's already starting to filter through to the church and it's coming to you. It's coming hot and it's coming heavy. Get ready. Get ready, praise the Lord. Isaiah forty-eight, seventeen. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. God's gonna wake you up in the middle of the night because you're a tither, and He's gonna teach you how to profit. He's going to teach you how to become a millionaire, how to become a multi-millionaire. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you just keep right on tithing. Just keep right on tithing. Praise the Lord. I see God making you a high flyer. Glory to God. I see God making you a mover and a shaker. Praise the Lord. The power is coming into the church. Get ready. It's coming with great signs, wonders, healing miracles, and it is coming with financial glory that will astound people. But it's coming to the tithers. These things are not accidental. God works on kingdom laws, kingdom principles. You tie into it by obeying His commandments. You are privileged because these keys have been unveiled to you. You are privileged to be able to hear it and understand it. You are privileged to be able to walk in it. Praise God. God. God's serious about you reaching the fullness of your destiny. He is very, very serious about you reaching it. You're going to make it. You're going to do everything He's called you to do, and it is a glorious calling. Father, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take communion. Let's receive another mystery. Father, we thank you. We bless it. This is now the bread, the juice. It is now the flesh and blood of Christ. It is consecrated now. It is holy in Jesus' name. Please take communion with me, Pastor Stephen. It looks like looks like a piece of bread to me still. Looks like a little wafer and a a cup of grape juice. It's a mystery. By the way, God's a mystery. You can meditate on God for 20 hours every day, and you're never, ever going to unravel the mystery of divinity. You will never unravel or grasp fully how somebody has existed who was never created. You, you, and you can try. Give it a try. You will never, ever unravel that. It is an eternal mystery, and a billion years from now, it will still be a mystery. And communion is a mystery. You're about to receive the body and the blood of your Savior. Father, we thank you. We thank you for keys to the kingdom. We thank you, Father. We're tithers, and as we receive the body of Christ, we receive the truths of His Word. And we take the keys, and we walk them out. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let us receive. these are the mysteries of the covenant. These are the revelation of truths that we have dug for that are beneath the surface, like brilliant gems, like gold and silver, looking for that vein of gold, looking for where the precious things are at. We have sought out the truth, and we have found it. And we are walking in the light of it, and it works. It works for anybody, at any country, in any place. It it works regardless of what your skin color is. It works regardless of what kind of um, political system you may be under. It works regardless of whether it's hot or cold, or whether you're on this side or that side of the equator. It doesn't matter. If you work it, it will work and produce in your life. It's a spiritual law, just like gravity. It's going to work anywhere. God's kingdom principles, they work. Whether people believe them or not, it just keeps on working. You apply it and work it, it starts the gears turning. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, if there's anybody who's watching who has never tithed, now I'm talking to you right now, you've never honored the Lord with your tithe. You need to repent, because it's wrong, it's money that belongs to God. It's His money. It's His money. You're never going to be smarter than God. You're not going to be able to reinvent the wheel. God established the tithe so that the ministry functions healthy and smoothly. You take that away, a ministry can fall apart. But it's the tithe that God established so that the ministry functions smoothly and efficiently, efficiently, and so that the gospel is preached all around the world. And if somebody hadn't tithe, it's very much, it's very much probably true that you wouldn't be saved right now because the gospel is free. But the, the, the pipeline that it flows through to get to you, it costs something financially. That is almost always accomplished by tithers. So if you haven't been a tither, you need to repent of your sin. Ask the Lord to forgive you, and He will. He'll wash you, He'll wash you clean, wash you free. Hallelujah. So Father, we ask you, forgive us of all of our sins, wash us with the blood of Jesus, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we embrace the full importation of the covenant of Christ, including the financial covenant, which is only activated through our obedience to your kingdom laws. We receive it. We walk in it in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. And its soul cleansing power. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. It's time to rise up. The winter is past. The rain is over. The flowers of here. It's time to sing. The turtle doves happy. Everybody's happy. Fig trees growing. The grapevines are growing. It's your time it's a new season. It's time for you to flourish. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My friends, thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time.